0: My mouth, meditation, my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my Rock and my Redeemer. Amen. So, within the three-year lectionary that we use in our church, every year on the fourth Sunday in Advent, the Holy Gospel is a reading about Mary. Last year was the message to Joseph that Mary would bear a son. Next year will be Mary's visitation to Elizabeth. This year is the Annunciation to Mary that she will conceive in her womb and bear a son. So each year on this Sunday, there's something about Mary becoming the mother of our Lord, which is most fitting on the Sunday closest to Christmas. So today is the Annunciation, the announcement by the angel Gabriel to the Virgin Mary. In today's lesson, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says to her, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But then Mary's reaction is a bit puzzling. It says she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Well, that's our question, too. What sort of greeting is this? And what sort of meaning does it have for us? And that's what we'll find out now as we consider Gabriel's gracious greeting. Now, let's start with Gabriel's opening words. Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Greetings just sounds like an obvious thing to say, and this could be heard as just an ordinary greeting, much like we say hello. But interestingly, the Greek word greetings is related to the word for rejoice. It has the same root. This was meant to be a joyful greeting, and that fits the situation perfectly. In the book of Zechariah, the last book of the Old Testament, there's a prophecy that we often hear around, well, Palm Sunday. But It's just as pertinent here today. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he. That first line is actually used as part of the gradual for this Sunday, actually. And for good reason. Mary is the embodiment of that daughter of Zion. And right now, the angel is announcing the arrival of the promised king. Through Mary, God will fulfill the reason for this promise, rejoicing. Greetings, Mary. Rejoice, Mary. Israel's king is coming very soon, and you will be the one to bring him into the world. Greetings, Gabriel says, O favored one. Now, the term favored means favored by God, graced by him, shown his unmerited grace and favor. Well, that was true for every Israelite maiden at the time, just as it's true for every one of us, God's children, today. For Mary was a special grace and favor shown to her and only to her, because Mary would have the unique privilege, the highest honor, of bearing Israel's Messiah. Mary was, as we sang in the opening hymn, the most highly favored lady. Gabriel continues, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. The angel tells Mary that the Lord's presence is with her and will continue to be with her in a special way. Gabriel will explain that in a moment when he goes on to say you will conceive in your womb and then proceeds to tell her just who this son she'll be bearing will be. But first, the Lord is with you. Just as the Lord God was present in the tabernacle and the temple, now Mary's womb will be the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant where the Lord's presence will be located. She will be the vessel bearing the Holy Son of God. Gabriel will tell Mary about this child in a moment, but for now, in his initial greeting, he simply says, the Lord is with you. Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. So, now we're beginning to see what sort of greeting this is. But at this point, Mary still doesn't know what we all know. All she knows is that this angel has shown up and is speaking to her. No wonder, it says, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Mary may have been highly favored, but she was also greatly troubled and highly perplexed. The angel recognizes this, so he reassures her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Do not be afraid or fear not. And how often do we see that in the Bible? It seems that whenever a human being encounters an angel, the common reaction is almost always one of fear. But then the angel will typically say, Fear not, do not be afraid. And you see, when mere mortals encounter angels, the natural reaction is to be overwhelmed by the power and majesty of these heavenly beings. And that's exactly what's happening with Mary in our lesson today. The appearance of the angel and his singling her out for a special announcement caused her to be greatly troubled. And the angel has to tell her not to worry about it. Now back to his words. Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. What sort of greeting is this? At this point, actually, we should probably mention the sort of greeting many people have been led to think this is. Now, our Roman Catholic brothers and sisters think it tells us something about Mary herself. The Latin translation, if you insert the name Maria, begins with the words Ave Maria Grazia Plena. The Latin, in turn, is traditionally translated as Hail Mary, full of grace. You may recognize those words from that part of the Roman Catholic rosary, Hail Mary, full of grace, cetera, etc., etc. The problem here is that Rome makes too much out of this greeting for Mary. For one thing, the word hail is taken as some sort of veneration that we render to Mary, but as I was talking about before, it's just a joyful greeting. Instead of being understood as simply the angel's greeting to her, they place too much emphasis on it. For another thing, the rosary is used as an invocation of Mary, asking her to pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. That goes beyond what Scripture tells us to do. The invocation of the saints, and of Mary in particular, as though Mary has any special merit to add to our prayers, is taught nowhere in Scripture. Christ alone is our mediator with the Father. Through His name alone should we pray. It is the merits of Christ alone interceding for us in heaven. This is all we need to gain God's favor, and this is what the Bible teaches on this subject. And that leads to another problem with the wrong understanding of Hail Mary full of grace. It's how the phrase full of grace is perceived. Now, how exactly was Mary full of grace? Was it that she was and is full of grace to bestow on others? That she herself is a source of grace? No, Mary in herself is not a bestower of grace. Nowhere in Scripture does she have that role. Rather, she was the recipient of grace. She received God's grace bestowed upon her as a free gift. As someone once put it, Mary is a vessel to receive, not a fountain to dispense. Mary was a poor, sinful being, just like you and me in that respect. Wholly dependent upon God's free grace and favor. To be sure, she is the most blessed of women, and all generations shall call her blessed, We honor Mary very highly, even in our Lutheran church. But her blessedness is pure grace and a gift on God's part. Nothing intrinsic to the woman herself. Now, that being said, there's something about Mary that sets her apart. And it's that child that is conceived within her. So in that sense, you could say that Mary is full of grace because she is full of Jesus. She is carrying God's grace in her womb. In the person of that little baby, this is Mary's Savior, and our Savior she will bear. So let's talk about that child now, shall we? That's who Gabriel wants to talk about. Listen to all the wonderful things he says about the baby she will soon bear. A son named Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. This is the fulfillment of the promise made to King David centuries earlier that we talked about in our midweek Bible uh, midweek sermon series over the last few weeks. That through one of David's descendants, God's everlasting kingdom and eternal king would come. The throne of his son of David would be established forever. The child to be born, the child that Gabriel tells Mary she will bear, this Jesus will be the great Davidic Messiah who will usher in the kingdom of heaven, an eternal kingdom of blessing and peace. That is who this Jesus is. That is who this Jesus is for you. He is your king. He is your savior who blesses you with God's gift of eternal life. Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ, he has done that for you on the cross. And at the empty tomb, And he's still doing that for you now through his blessed word and sacrament by which you believe in him and have your sins forgiven. And Mary's son, the Messiah, will keep doing that for you until the last day when he returns and welcomes you into his everlasting kingdom. Behold, Mary, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. One little problem Mary thinks, though. How will this be since I'm a virgin? Gabriel answers her. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Here we continue. Excuse me. Here we come to the mystery of the incarnation. And so here we must bow in humility and reverence. Who for us, been and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. As we confess, only the God-man, Savior, God in the flesh, could deliver us from our sins and win salvation for us. In order to be our substitute to suffer death as the punishment for our sins, Jesus had to be true man. But for his death to be of such infinite value and worth as to cover our sins and the sins of the whole world, this same Jesus also had to be true God. True God and true man. One Christ, this is Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Jesus, the Son of God, born of Mary. Jesus, the crucified and risen one who will return one day as King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus is the only Savior there is, or ever has been, or ever will be. No one else and nothing else can save you. Not the merits of Mary or the saints, not your own merits or worthiness, and not any slackness or softness in God's judgment either. No, God's judgment on sinners was poured out on Christ on the cross. And those were your sins he died for. Your one and only hope for eternal life is Jesus Christ alone. And the good news is that you have it. You do have that sure hope. You do have that Savior. Yes, this child announced by the angel, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born the Virgin Mary, this Jesus Christ is your Lord who has redeemed you, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won you from all sin, from death and from the power of the devil. Now you belong to him. And by God's grace, you will live under him in his kingdom in everlasting righteousness, innocence and blessedness forever. When Christ returns... My fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, He will come and welcome you into His eternal kingdom. And what sort of greeting will that be? It'll be fantastic, wonderful. In fact, it might even be the same as Gabriel's gracious greeting to Mary, for there could be nothing better than that. Oh, greetings, O oh, favored one, the Lord is with you. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.